Welcome, boils and ghouls. It's time to get weird in the valley with the Fright Stuff podcast. Join best fiends and film fanatics, Rob and Lori, as they forge a fearful discourse on what's fresh in the horror community, as well as curious, odd, and unusual local activity, paranormal and otherwise. Now, here are your ghost hosts, serving up your fix of the Fright Stuff. Good morning. Good morning. How's do, it going? It's good. Do I sound funny? Uh, no. I, so we've been talking before this. Other than the coughing, I haven't noticed okay, anything. Okay, good. So just for our friends who may be listening, I've had some sinus funk and there could be some kind of talking through the nose and maybe occasional coughing. So I'll try to keep it to a minimum, but... We'll do our best. Yeah, uh, thank you. My editing skills aren't great, so you're probably still going to hear the cough. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Better than what you heard uh, when we were watching Hatching <laughs> next to me yes. when I was gagging the entire movie. Oh my God, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about that, not about your, your response, but it made me so happy and I'm sorry still for that, that I laughed so hard. But um, Rob's talking about Horrific Hope Film Fest, mm-hmm. which we both attended two weekends ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two, two weekends ago. And we got to see some amazing short films, some, uh, what, six features and 30-some yeah. shorts? 30 yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it, was, like it, it was a lot. Um, some of the features were hits, some were misses. Same with the shorts, but that's the way these festivals are. I still had a great time and enjoyed seeing all of it, but Hatching stood out. It was probably the best movie of the bunch. and I so good. I usually don't like subtitled films mm-hmm. at all. Right. Um, I, I loved the movie. It, it uh, has a lot of baby bird moments, quite literally. Yeah, so when people say baby birding, I think everybody knows what that means. And now I know how you feel specifically I'm about baby birding. very grossed out. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, actually, the reason, reason why I brought that up is um, that movie made me uh, you know, gross out and stuff. And so did the movie we're going to talk about. <laughs> Okay, good. Mandy. Yay, uh, which one is of my a, favorites in the last, what is it? It was 2018, right? Four years, yeah. So honestly, one of my top, and again, I do this a lot. I don't necessarily consider this a horror film. It has some horror aspects. I or, agree with you. Call it horror adjacent, whatever you want to call it. I don't like putting things into tiny boxes, but... You know, if you go back and listen to our genre episode, things mm-hmm. get kind of lumped in. Um, but anyhow, if we're going to call this horror in any way, shape, or form, it's one of my favorites in the last five years. It's just amazing. I, I ag- uh, like I said, I agree that it's not a horror film. I have lots of thoughts. It's the third time we saw it. I guess we should preface, preface I, I was, yeah. how we saw this. Um, so it was a psycho cinema film when it uh, was first released. Actually, I think it was what Lost Weekend is when they first showed it. Probably, I want to say that Andy was interested enough because it wasn't purely a horror film. Mm-hmm. I think that it was one of those either collabs or maybe it was just an adjacent like, hey, film club's going to show it, psycho cinema's going to show it, it's going to yeah. be at the theater for a while, kind of thing. I don't remember. Um, and I I didn't see it then. Uh, I gosh I. I think I just missed the boat, but everyone was talking about how much they loved it. I think I, the first time I saw it was at your 
insistence as well as the insistence of a person that we were doing a podcast at the time like you have to see this movie so my wife and I watched it and halfway through she looked at me and went do you like this and I went no (laughs) no I don't yeah and I'm glad you brought this up early on because this is one of the reasons you know I think this is this the first like film specific podcast we've done together like as as the fright stuff kind of uh, we we did midsummer which oh, is also yeah. a movie okay. uh, i had thoughts about okay um but you know and, and that one to be fair that was like let's talk about folk humor you know folk, folk horror, horror and folk humor folk, uh, folk, folk, folk humor horror. and folk horror yes um and then let's let's pick a movie but no this is i think this is the first one where we're just talking about one specific movie and it it's mostly because and this is what i appreciate about you know, talking about these things with you is that we don't always agree. And very early on, you were very opposed to this film. Very early on, I had like the stars and the hearts coming out of my eyes for this film. So, and I, it's not that I expected you to ever just one day flip a switch and be like, oh my God, you're right. I love this film. (laughs) But the fact that you were willing to kind of give it another shot, because so Correct me if I'm wrong, the last time you saw it was the first time you saw it no, in the theater? Because no. Because you're forgetting about the time you thought it was so funny when Joe Bob Briggs decided to show it on the last drive-in <gasps> yes. for his first movie. Not the second movie that mm-hmm. I could have fallen asleep for. The first movie. And I yeah, think it you was were pretty last happy about season. That. I, I was not. No, you were not at all. Um, you were very like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I was so, so, so upset. Um, but that movie confer- at that showing confirmed all of the predispositions I had to this film, uh, which is it doesn't make it didn't make any sense. Why were these things in here? Why were these lights like this? And Joe Bob's explanation for some of the choices was like, "Yep, yep, that's what it is. That's what it is." So did that help or hinder? Uh, it. Uh, helped confirm my bias. Okay. And I hated it a second time even more. Okay. Um, I will say I have a difference of opinion now seeing it in the theater. Right. So, but but that's what I meant. The last time you saw it. Yes. Was the first time in the theater. The theater. Yes, you're okay. absolutely right. I apologize. Which for that. sometimes makes a difference and sometimes does not. But I think I feel it like did. It's... I, I I think one I wasn't able to just get up and go to the bathroom and ignore some certain parts like I could at home. Um, I was alone. I didn't have anyone else with me. I was trying to get okay. tickets to sit with you, and it was. This was a packed show. Yes. I mean, this was not. It's a pretty well received film. Yeah. Now, uh, maybe not at first, but I think it's I gaining a bit of a cult, you know, popularity huge. that that I think it's really starting to kind of catch on. So, I I'm, I'm sitting there by myself and having to watch, and we'll, we'll get into some of the scenes that are just almost impossible to, to watch and not feel something oh, about. Yep. Um, and I, I did get a difference of opinion and, and we'll, you know, we'll go into that, but you mentioned, um, that you have a lot of like facts and history about the movie. And I'd love to learn about those before we get into what we thought. Yes. Um, so, you know, like I like to do, I, I'm not much of a deep dive person because I never leave myself enough time, but I do love learning anything that I can about a film that I love. Like, I will watch any documentary, any behind-the-scenes thing, all of it. If there are 18 hours, yes, give me all 18 hours. I will watch it all. I don't care. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so I did a little research on this film just because I thought, you know, there has to be something I haven't heard. And, and there was a ton. Sure. Um, I don't know if it makes sense to, to go into all of it right at the moment, but some of the things that kind of stood out, there are some things that you've probably heard before. Like you mentioned watching this with, you know, The Last Drive-In and mm-hmm. Joe Bob's commentary, which he's always very thorough, but yep. he didn't cover all of this. Um, so Panos Cosmatos is known for not being exactly clear about the meaning of his films. And that's his prerogative. That's cool. And I don't even need that. I don't need a big, like, this is why I, this film exists. You know, if you that's like fair. the color purple and you make, not the film, but like the actual color, and you make a film where everybody's in purple and there's no explanation for it, and there you, and, that, and you just did it because you like it, then I'm cool with that. That's I fine. I'm so not in that camp. Right, and, and this is this is kind it's of not why that it has to have like deep meaning, but just a, a meaning. meaning. Yeah, no, just I something. will. Why? I will completely buy into like this is what you gave me. Okay, that's cool. We're gonna go with it, but. Everybody had to know after seeing this film why. Why did you make this film? Why was this why was this story important to you? And he kept giving the reason that it was because he was grieving the death of his parents. And to be fair, I do not know what happened to his parents. I don't know if they perished t- together. I don't know. I know his father was a filmmaker. He was very close to his father. Did you know his father directed one of my favorite movies of all time? Tell me. Tombstone. What? He his dad directed no. Tombstone. Oh my God, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, I didn't, I didn't go that deep. I, I know, awesome. but I, I just heard that, and I was like, wow, that's one of my favorite. That, that is my favorite western of all time, but it's one of my favorite movies. That's such a good one, and I was like, wow, this is such a different film. You're like, <laughs> how did his son not pay attention? But I mean, I know he was very close with his dad, and I think he kind of learned, you know, filmmaking by watching, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not emulating his dad, obviously, because he's a very different storyteller, but um, that was the reason that he gave, and that's fine. Um, watching this film, that's not, I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, grieving, yes, but it's a very different kind of grieving, a very different type of relationship, yeah. right? So that, that wouldn't have jumped out to me just in watching the film. Um, I do also know that he was a very big fan of Stanley Kubrick, and... The character Mandy was named after a character in Eyes Wide Shut, which is a movie that I don't care for. I would like to rewatch it now, but I am not a big Tom Cruise fan, and I just have a hard time focusing on Tom Cruise films. I'm a fan However. of any movie where Tom Cruise is running, because that's typically an action film, <laughs> and I'm going to say it. It's not, he's a not great terrible. action star. He, they're not terrible. It's just when he's on screen... I have a hard time focusing on anything except for how much I don't like him. I, there's just something about him that... Now, I can tell you, though, I will watch Legend all day long. Because to me, that's like Tom Cruise before he became Tom Cruise, right? I'm, I I think I know what it is. It's the fact that he, his his teeth that he got worked on... They are so white. And and they're, so they're offset. <gasps> so that's what it is? I just So can't. if you ever notice, um, actually, his two front teeth are over. And it's because, I mean, he had his, he just had... Just a really a, janky grill. He he did, um, but he, he got it fixed. But his his teeth they're they're offset just huh. just a smidge. Huh. Did not know. Um, but there's nothing he can do about that. Okay, I'm pretty sure that's not why <laughs> I don't like him, or isn't why. You know what I mean? Right. Um, 
okay. Yeah, and I was that was a big digression. <laughs> However, Mandy, the character in the film, Mandy, was a nod to a character named Mandy in Eyes Wide Shut, who played an escort that saved Tom Cruise's life ultimately at the end of that film. Um, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I mean, if you're a big enough fan of a director, you're going to put little love notes in your films, mm -hmm. you know, to kind of pay homage. And I think that's sure. right. Um, so I didn't know that. Um, I'm, I'm Like I said, there's a, I learned so much and I was so excited. Um, while we're talking about the actual character, Mandy, I did also learn that uh, Panos, I'm going to call him Panos because, you know, we're on a first name. Hands of fate. Yeah. Panos. <laughs> Panos feet of fate. I don't know. <laughs> but he based that character in his head. This is how this man, and this this just tickled me. This is how his mind worked. When he was a nine-year-old boy, nine years old, Panos Cosmatos, little, little Panos goes to the carnival, and he sees this stunning dark-haired woman, long dark hair with wire-rimmed glasses and a Judas Priest t-shirt selling Velcro wallets and he is in love. Little nine-year-old Panos goes up to this carnival saleswoman <laughs> to buy himself a Velcro wallet and he is just starstruck, can't even like focus. He remembered that woman and that's how he based, there was also, there was one other, mm -hmm. there was another woman that when he was a little older, he said he was a teen and he, him and his friends are out trying to score some pot, right? They're trying to score some weed. So they're driving around and they end up at this woman's house who sold drugs. So they walk in and she's free basing cocaine and wow. same, same aesthetic, dark hair, long, dark hair. Wire sure rim glasses. This isn't the same woman. It's right? not the same woman, but rock and roll T-shirt. So he has a type, right? These two women are what he based the character Mandy's look off of. But the 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 one that got me hardcore was the girl at the carnival selling the Velcro wallets. <laughs> Nine-year-old Panos remembered this woman, and, and and he remembered how he reacted to her. And all those years later, he makes a film, and he's like, "My Mandy has to be." that girl i just thought that was so amazing that is really cool and a mandy to me in the entire movie is the only decent person in that film like what i mean by that is there is nothing that suggests in any way shape or form that she's got a dark past mm -hmm. that she's uh you know evil like the children of the new dawn she's just living her best life with her husband. She's living her best life, but I did detect a, a, an undertone of abuse. Definitely. I, I think so. I, I didn't get that from that Red's doing that. Right. But that maybe, you know. In her past, she tells a story about her dad. Yeah. Um, she does have a scar. Yep. And she's very kind of leery of, of people outside of her, her comfort yeah. zone. You know, um, and for those of you who have not seen this four-year-old uh, movie, uh, we cannot talk about this movie without spoiling. Oh, a this is going to be this is going to be like the most spoilery, spoilerific episode ever because you're right. There's no talking about this film. I mean, right? If we wanted to talk about it without spoilers, we could be like, "There's a lot of red, a lot of the color red." Okay, good night. Have a good good evening. You know, um, I I agree. It's, <laughs> it's uh, not going to happen. Her death scene in the middle of the film, mm. which as 
um, Faye from Psycho Cinema pointed out is the first time you actually see the title of the movie. Yes. Which is weird. Yes. He he pushed that as long as he could, and it was a it was a definite choice, and I I'm here for it. It. It's so unsettling. You're like, wait, didn't didn't that already happen? But it didn't. I have such problems watching that scene. Oh, it's a horrible scene. It's terrible. For me, it's like watching Old Yeller, but the dog dies in the middle. Yeah. And then you still know that you have to watch the fallout action of that. And it's... uh, for, for, For me, it's probably one of the reasons why I don't like it that much. And why I, I, why I had, for the longest time, didn't want to enjoy watching it because I didn't want to have to go through that. And every time I go through that, it's it's rough. And that's completely understandable. It's completely understandable. They set up from the beginning of the film, one of the very first scenes you see Red in, one of his coworkers tries to hand him a beer and he puts his hand up and he's like, no, thank you. So you kind of get the idea that maybe he was an alcoholic, maybe he was an addict and he's recovering. And, and you see that again later on when he, he finds a hidden bottle that, mm-hmm. that, that he wasn't quite willing to let go. So you get that. He comes home, talks to Mandy, you see her scar and you kind of get the feeling, you know, like we talked about with that right. there was something in her past. So these two found each other. And the way that he looks at her, when he comes home from work and tells that corny Eric Estrada mm-hmm. joke, and she's, she's drawing these gorgeous, beautiful, very Boris Vallejo type, <laughs> you know, big bulgy men and yeah. scantily clad ladies and unicorns and dragons and stuff. Um, oh, which the, the free base and cocaine lady would get high and draw these dragons and unicorns all over her wall. So that was another thing that he, he really wanted okay. to incorporate into the character. I forgot about that, but I don't know how I could forget to tell a unicorn <laughs> story, but here we are. Um, so anyhow, when he is looking over her shoulder and he's like, so what are you drawing? And she's like, oh, it's just this kind of jungle scene, you know? Mm-hmm. And the look of awe and wonder on his face that this creature that he loves can produce that type of art and right. just the the love. I'm getting choked up right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of the most like, I have just a handful of, of movie couples that affect me mm-hmm. in any way because I'm I guess I'm just a cold-hearted bitch and I don't care but that scene of all the scenes in that film chokes me up every time I mean you are looking at me you can see I, I, I got that I got the watery she eyes she's um, she but just the the way that he looks at her and just the love um, makes your scene that you can't handle all the more heartbreaking because I agree. these these two people and that's what this is to me this this is a love story over anything mm-hmm. there are some horrific elements but it is definitely this deep relationship film for me and I, then revenge later I, I i agree um and that the funny thing is is it's so well acted and Neither one of them got nominated for an Oscar for this or anything, but that it was very, it was incredibly believable. The just the, the two, and getting to the character of Red, mm-hmm. it is as as you've even mentioned heavily implied that this is not a he might be a good guy now. This was not a good guy before. He he, was, he has some shit in yeah, his past. He uh, throughout the movie, at the end, was taking drugs literally by the handful. <laughs> Um, yeah. Or the jarful, yeah. um, 
and for the most part, didn't overdose. So that means he's done them before. Yeah, he he, he had has him. a crossbow called the Reaper that he has hidden at the guy who fought the Predator's house. Carruthers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his name is Carruthers, and he is a badass looking dude. I would not fuck with him. No, he's the guy who stood up and tried to kill the Predator with that yeah. big you know, gun when Jesse Ventura <laughs> dies. Excuse me. And which 100%, I guarantee, was a reference to that because he's kind of like hidden in the back and like shadows, just like he was when mm-hmm. he was hiding. Anyway. It was amazing. Good use of a character actor. Yes. But you have. He has a crossbow called the Reaper. He knows how to mold an axe. Yes, he he's he, a blacksmith he too. Builds from scratch, not builds. He fucking he forges. pours and forges this battle axe. Um, there you know, we're jumping all over the place, but again, this is a four-year-old movie. I agree with it you. Is. If you haven't seen it, for shame. If you're listening to this you know, probably stop and go watch it and then finish. But either way, I, I don't care. As long as you get your ear holes and your eyeballs on this film, I don't care how it happens for you. But um, yeah, I, that whole scene. And and a lot of people are kind of like, what the hell? He's just this regular dude. But you hit the nail on the head. Dude's got a past. He's, he's done some things and he's seen some shit. He's he's seen some stuff. My, my the, the way I, the world of Mandy in my head is... He probably met her at a very low point in his life and decided, I'm going to give all that up for her. I wouldn't doubt it. And that, you're, you're right, he, he, there's, there's this awe and there's this sense of um, just, just wonder that he has for her. And you can see it on Nick Cage's face and the it's way he amazing. talks. It's amazing. People say what you will about Nicolas Cage. He is an amazing actor. When he wants to be. When he wants to be. Um, and, I, and I 100% agree. And my, my guess is Mandy was a person who was abused, wanted someone to protect her, you know, or, you know, like a strong person to be with, but made him a better person. He's, you know, protecting her and then he can't. Mm-hmm. When she happens to meet the eyeline of just the, the, just the worst. Person. Can, I, can I blow your mind at this point since you've brought him up? Did you know that Panos Cosmatos wanted Nicolas Cage to play Jeremiah Sands? And I think he would have been great at it. He wanted But not him, as good as the DA from Law and Order. He wanted him to play Jeremiah Sands. But when Nicolas Cage read the the script, he's like, I think I need to play Red. He's like, I really feel like I do. And, and Panos at first was like, no, I, I see him as a much younger guy. Um, and I see Jeremiah Sands as even older than what Linus Roche played him, mm-hmm. a little older. Um, he really liked that kind of old, wizened yeah. man with the young, you know, kind mm-hmm. of battling it out. And it, and it kind of fits his aesthetic with like the, the big, you know, it fantasy does. art kind of thing. Um, but once he started kind of reading through... And Nicolas Cage, I mean, literally convinced him that, that, that he could, he understood the part immediately. He's like, I totally get this. And I mean, yep. I'm glad because a lot of people don't let Nicolas Cage stretch his acting muscle because they mm-hmm. want him to be crazy Nick Cage, which is cool. I'm here for that. But dude can act, you know, I mean, he heartbreakingly. And, and honestly, he's a, he's a lumberjack and his look 
and with the fact that there's a past there and everything, you couldn't have done that with a really young guy. How would he have had time to have a past like that? I agree. I agree. I mean, it would have been, it wouldn't have seemed as important because even if it was a young dude that had had a serious drug problem or something, which obviously does happen, you're right. He wouldn't have lived long enough to have that kind of pain, right? It just wouldn't have been as effective. To have a war buddy who's keeping the Reaper hit. By the way, not throwing away the Reaper, not burying it in the woods, keeping it on hold in case he ever needs the Reaper again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, it's one of the things that I'm just like, what? Why? So, so that's that's red. So red and Mandy, that that first half, that that film bothers me so much because they seem to live in a world that does not exist. Mm-hmm. And I've heard other people say, oh, that's but, because Mandy's not on Earth. It's in a parallel Earth. I'm like, no, no, it's on Earth. But they're both more comfortable living like that than they are. Yeah around people but i'm talking about the physical world doesn't make sense with all of the lighting oh i love the lighting so much but it doesn't make sense to me they live in like with by the way their bedroom's kind of cool that they have like that super cool like glass enclosure which during the winter months must be freezing that's all i'm gonna say yeah but during at night yeah that must be like but they have like all these greens and reds and blues and purples that are kind of like shining on their faces and stuff and i'm like what are those i think it's supposed to represent the aurora borealis i think honestly i don't i don't think so i think it's just meant to be a mood i guess a mood it just weirded me out i'm like why why does it look like this and but see again but it doesn't always look like this i That's just thing. i just look at it and i'm like all right <laughs> yeah you know and i'm okay with that <laughs> so so i likened this to um to david lynch stuff and actually the conversation before we had with the movie um with like Faye and johanna and we were all talking about it i thought mandy was basically someone who watched hobo with the shotgun and ask David Lynch to rewrite it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair. The plot points are very similar, but like David Lynch, stuff's just thrown in there, and it doesn't mean anything. It just looks cool, mm-hmm. and I need to. I needed to learn to be okay with that. Yes, and and that is one thing that Panos Cosmatos has said many, many times when he makes a film, and that's why I I I'm not sure how I feel about the statement of him grieving for his parents and that's why he made this film because he has also said I don't make films for reasons I make films because it looks badass and this looks really cool he said that he said I I like the color red for mood there's no reason I just do that because I like it aesthetically he's a very aesthetic filmmaker and that's apparent throughout this whole entire film because there is shit that doesn't make sense but it looks really fucking cool there's you know (laughs) it's true and we'll We'll, we'll get on to the other stuff that I'm just like, why why did he do this? But we kind of hinted at him, Jer- Jeremiah Sands. Yes. Um, I wish I knew the song. I'd sing it for you. <laughs> well, he's got Sands a whole album. Just, yes. <laughs> so the fact that he said, do you like the Carpenters? I think this is better. Number one, it's not that the comp- Carpenters were all that great. In my opinion, they, they have some good songs. Mm-hmm. They were not the best. I see. Uh, he I like, thinks uh, they're fantastic. I, he does. I'm. I'm more of a Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young, yeah, um, kind of guy. But the Carpenters were fine. That song sucks. 
it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I love it because it's so bad. I truly do. I, the first time they play it and he's just got this look on his face. I don't know Linus Roche from any other, I know of him because I've read up on him. I know what he's been in, but I've not experienced him in anything else. I loved him on Law and Order. He, I did so he's much. He's an amazing actor. This role makes me so uncomfortable. He's so good. Yeah. He is so good at a skeevy, like, fanatical cult leader. He's just amazing. Um, he, I have a hard is. time, probably the hardest time with his character in this film. His, his, char his character isn't just written, but the way he portrays it, it's so dead on for the way cult leaders act, mm -hmm. um, what their actions that they take, the way they feel about themselves, because he, he has a huge inferiority complex. And the, the minute he's criticized yep. for anything, he, he loses he, his shit. Yeah, he loses his shit. Because he, he's convinced all these other people through drugs and incredibly, amazingly huge hornets or wasps or whatever. Yes, Things ew. that can't possibly... Ew. They better not exist in real life. That's a murder. Yeah. Bigger than a murder hornet. Like, murder, oh my god, that thing was huge. The thing um, <laughs> by the way, in my head, that thing was like nine feet tall. I know it wasn't quite that big, <laughs> but handful. it was big. It was a handful. Um, but no, his he's got this whole persona that he's perfect and he's basically Jesus and God has wanted him to have whatever he wants. Which so, he literally says. Yeah. Yes. Um, and when that when that kind of veil is, that curtain is kind of pulled back a little bit and it's like, no dude, this music sucks. When, when Manny's laughing at him and she's not laughing to be mean, she's looking at his little dinghy, mm -hmm. which, you know, Teen I, I yep. can't, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not judging. We're not judging. That. There's no judging here. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a problem a lot of men have. That's all I'm going to say. He's a grower, not a shower. And that's fine. Right? That's I okay. Mean... Um, but she's, you know, he's, he's walking around. Which, by the way, if you're gonna, and I'm sorry, I know it sounds like a little bit of ADHD, but I promise, that's the way Mandy is. Um, if you're gonna tell me that that's not a reference to the Silence of the Lamb scene, you're you're not gonna he convince me. He even looks a little bit like he him. He looks a little bit yeah. like him. He's got the little cloak, and he's quite literally asking, "Would you like to fuck me?" Right. <laughs> and, and in all honesty, <laughs> I wouldn't be I'd surprised because yeah, yeah, and that's exactly how that scene reads. Um, Linus Roche did not want to do that scene. He read it and he's like, dude, I don't, I don't think. There was also in that same scene, he was supposed to masturbate. He's like, that would have been weird. Yeah. He's like, dude, no. He's like, I am in for this role. He's like, but I can't do that scene. And you know, Cosmatos is just like, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll address we'll, that. We'll, address we'll edit that around later. it. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll fix figure, it in post. We'll figure that out. So as they start making the film and they start getting into the characters and, and Linus Roche realizes absolutely his character would do that. He would be like, look at this. This is all yours. I'm offering this to you because you must want it. And he went back to Cosmatos and he's like, I think we have to do that scene. He's like, it makes perfect sense. He's like, we can't not do that scene. Right. He's like, I'm not going to beat off. But... He's like, I'll totally do the nudity. He's like, I, that character would absolutely do that and expect the adoration. He's like, and it makes so much sense. He's like, we have to do it. And they, they did. To get a little weird, um, I don't believe that he would have masturbated anyway. 
if anything, he would have had one of the other women do it for him. Yeah. Because yeah. this guy doesn't do anything for himself. And you're right. You're right. He So God. that that wouldn't have made sense. But no. the actual offering of yeah. this gift makes perfect sense. Yeah. Come, come at it. So yep. he's 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 gotten her drugged on what like LSD. It's like super LSD though. Yeah. It's like some kind of crazy and then the little wasp hornet sting, oh, which again, whatever. I can't, I can't with that. that, that mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. So she's got the chef's kiss of the wasp sting and she's just laughing at him, but not, but she's not, I mean, she's kind of being mean, but I think it's more of like, this is the most absurd yes. thing in the world. What are you doing? And she's high as a kite. Yeah. Like, that's what people who are that high do. They're 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 manical. They're yeah. they're maniacal. They're it's, crazy. It's so, and it is, just completely absurd, and his and snap out of the wh- music, okay, you're and, oh, you're the devil. His face in that scene, it, it, oh, it is crazy to watch. Yeah. It just that like you said that, the veil lifts and it's just like, oh. and in that same scene, the way that they film it so that you're. There's an extreme close-up of his face, but it keeps kind of warping in and out with her yeah. face. That fucks me up that, every time. It's, I, I will be honest. It's one of the coolest effects it's in a movie. It's disturbing. But it is weird. Um, they they kind of look alike. They're so similar in their <laughs> facial structure. Because for a couple t- the first time I saw it, I was like, is that, is that, is that him or is yeah. that Mandy? And then I, because I didn't. If you don't catch it at just the right time, you're not sure because they they do have very similar features. So I wonder if the reason why he liked her so much, and by the way, he's got a type too because all the women kind of, they at least they look like they would have all had dark hair and they're kind of thin Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if he kind of saw himself. I wouldn't be surprised. And them and that's the reason why he was attracted to women like that because... I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. He wants to fuck himself, mm-hmm. um, and I think he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he just does, um, because he really is convinced that he's the the, the best thing in the world, yeah. and he he deserves all of these wonderful things. Right. And the the supporting cast nails it. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 love in the eyes of the I can't remember his name, but the dude who plays the Abraxas horn, the older man that that. Swan, Brother Swan. Yes. Right? When he calls her Brother Swan because he knows Brother Swan doesn't fuck around and Brother Swan's not going to mess up and he's going to get his shit straight. You know, that man... And to me, it's it almost reads as sexual, but then it doesn't. Like, it's this pure love that's yes. adoration, but it almost is sexual, but... But then, like I said, because of this particular actor, it's not. I don't know if that makes any sense, I, but it's so... I agree. You keep waiting for it to tip over, and it never does, and you're just like, you like you find your shoulders are up around your ears, and you're like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. <laughs> um, but he, man, him and the, the older lady, both. Yes. Just the way they react to that character is just disturbing. It is It is so odd, and you, you brought up the Horn of Abraxas. Horn of Abraxas. Which, all right. It's the Ocarina of Time from Legend of Zelda. And if he, if Panos Cosmatos would ever say, I've never played that game, I would look at him and go, you are bullshit. (laughs) I call bullshit on that. Bullshit artist. You wanted the Ocarina of Time in there because it's an ocarina. It's not a horn. 
It's an ocarina. It's a flute. At best, it's a flute. I do not do video games, <laughs> but I would not be surprised. I, I will have to at sh all. show you, because even the look, I mean, it's an ocarina, and that's fine. If he said the ocarina of Abraxas, I would have been like, okay, cool. Because it is an ocarina, which is fine. But they do that whole, like, summon thing, mm -hmm. which this is the reason why I'm convinced that even if he wasn't trying to copy the plot points of Hobo with a Shotgun, that he has seen this movie. Because the the demon people that he summons look exactly like the demons of, like, the, the I can't remember what they're called, like, death and pain or whatever, from Hobo with a Shotgun. They're all in leather. They're mutilated with, you know, like, you know, spikes and all this other stuff. And they're called in to kill and capture the main character, which is the exact, exact. same thing. Yeah. Um, it, they, they, they look alike. And that scene doesn't make any sense to me because he, he has to use a flute in, in this random, like, at first I thought it was a lake, but apparently it's not. It's just a field. Because um, there's all like there's all that um, fog that suggests oh, like it's yeah. over water, and then they have these bikes that come in. Yeah. I'm like, can they can they drive on water? Oh oh no, that's <laughs> just, a, just a weird field. Yeah. Okay. And then he's like, I'm gonna pay you, and he pays them in this jar. And this is the reason why I thought of hatching. When the guy starts drinking the the drugs, the goo, yeah, I gag. You might not have heard it. But I wanted to, to vomit because <laughs> it's gross. Fluids like that yeah. and the glugging. Oh, God. Yeah. It's making me sick just thinking okay, about it. Okay, don't. Yeah. Don't, don't get yourself off. I, <laughs> I have such a problem with that in film. And that just grossed me out. And the whole time I'm thinking, why are you making me listen to this? And watch it is one thing. Why do I have to listen? Why do I have to hear this? And I just for just for friends, I don't know if I made this clear, and I hate to bring it up again, but I, I experienced this very clearly when watching Hatching because I mean we didn't get into any detail the first time, but there were a lot of sounds, there was a lot of visceral stuff, and Rob reacted exactly like he just described every time, and I felt horrible, yet it was funny. I started I, laughing. I was literally laughing, going, ah, ah, ah. Um, <coughs> I, <coughs> I have me. sharp reactions to films, I guess. Yeah. So that. Very so, full body yeah. reactions. Yeah. So we've talked about the main characters get up to this point where they've, they've got these, these demon people that help kidnap, which I don't even know if they really needed them. The black skulls, they're called. Yeah, the black skulls. Yeah. I don't even know if they really needed them because... There were just two people and they were asleep. And there's like eight cultists. And in your read of that, are the black skulls like otherworldly? Are they just so cracked out like yeah. bikers? Yeah, yeah are that's they... what they are. So this drug or whatever is being made by the chemist, which we'll get into him in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, it apparently, as we saw Red, when he just had the smallest amount. <laughs> Immediately went into heavy metal <laughs> 2000 land yep. for a minute or a metal apocalypse, and that dude drank a whole thing of it. Yeah. Yeah. So no wonder they're in that. And by the way, I'm not making fun of people in leather. I'm saying like they're, they, they wear leather like it's their skin. You don't see any part right. of their body. Even full on like face masks. Yeah, like over know? their you eyes. Don't... But they also have like spikes driven into them and stuff. 
So it, 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 they're, they're super high, and they're, but somehow, despite all of that, they're able to respond to people, kind of. I mean, it's very much a payment kind of thing, like, but they can still, you know, think, or the she's still burning, which is a, a rough, a rough thing to hear over and over. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think they're otherworldly. I, I, I don't look at this as a supernatural film. This is very okay. much. I, I uh, but don't. They, but see, they kind of skirt that line because a little bit. Couldn't you just like roll up to their flop house and be like, "Hey, yeah. we're gonna give you this if you go kill these two people that we could easily because they're sleeping." Like you said, we could easily go in as a cult and kind of grab them, but right. we really want you guys to do this. That whole thing—that's just—that's just a filmmaker. <laughs> Living out his best life dreams. He's just like, you know what? I want this badass, leather-clad, weird, studded, you know, pointy penis part of the costume, I guess. Kind of with this horn because it's cool. It's just cool. And that's what I'm going to do. This is my film. And again, I am okay with that. I am just like, all right, you know? it makes no sense, it but it, when I'm in it, I'm not thinking that. I'm just like, okay, I will accept this world for whatever it is you right. give to me. I'm totally okay with it. Um, th- that honestly, once we get to the Black Skulls, not my favorite part of the film. I don't really know why. Um, I think it just gets a little... It, it goes from this being red's redemption that's a video game isn't it red uh, red dead yeah. redemption yeah um it goes from red's revenge to now we have this other nemesis because for some reason the cult wasn't enough now we have this other thing uh, it gets to be a lot but again doesn't take away from any enjoyment it's just i don't care for the whole Black Skulls aspect, maybe if they weren't there, I wouldn't have enjoyed the movie as much. Like, I, I don't know how it would be if they weren't included. For, for me, it's where it gets goofy. A and little, I, a little, I, a little Keystone copy. Like, yeah, it just seems like, it, da, 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 you know, like the fast, I don't know. I don't think they need, I, I, genuinely, although they have, um, it, it's it's actually really cool, the, the fight scene and the, the, when he kills the one who's screaming, she's still burning, she's still burning. Like, that that's a deplorable human being, but that's a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. So I do think they needed that, but I don't necessarily think they needed it to be, um, like, like I, I, don't, I don't know that the, the Black Skulls were just needed. I, do, I don't. Right. I don't think the chemist scene was needed <gasps> I love at it. all. Oh, I love it, it doesn't so make much. Any sense. I know, but I love it. The way that he it makes me feel high when I watch that scene because there's this gnarly looking dude in just a little just a little apron and he's skinny and weird looking with a big head and he turns around and the way that man talks, I could listen to him read the phone book. He has he's... the most soothing, creepy voice ever. So here's here's my problem with that. He's been in some really good horror movies, like 31. He, he does a lot of stuff with Rob Zombie yeah. and stuff. He's a really good actor. Why was he in one scene where he has a monologue and that's it? 
But That's, it was, but it was so good though. It, it kind of just for me was like, this dude's fucked <laughs> and he's the one making this drug that now everybody in this film seems to be revolving around. At this point, everybody is like, okay. And he, he's got a tiger? That, <laughs> what he, he has? A tiger? He has a tiger named Lizzie. Lizzie was supposed to be a lizard. At the last minute, the day they're going to shoot this scene, Panos Cosmatos tells the guy who plays the chemist, oh, hey, by the way, and this is what every quote I read said, oh, hey, by the way, Lizzie's now a tiger, and they just move on with their day. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, and the guy was kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, but there was no explanation as to why this is no longer a lizard. But I love it because there's no dialogue it's a monologue. It's the chemist talking. The chemist is having a conversation with Red, who's just standing there. Mm -hmm. But it all makes sense, kind of. Right? I love that scene. And is it necessary? Probably not. But do I love it? Fuck yeah, dude. I love that I, scene. I love the guy who plays the chemist. I love, I love Red just letting this man speak. And... I love when, when the tiger's let loose. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I mean, think about it. That Red wears the shirt with a tiger. Kind of ties in a little bit. I mean. That shirt you have. Uh, the shirt I have. I have three Mandy shirts. Um, it, I, I don't know. I, you have such a good actor in both of them. It's not even really an acting scene. It is just a monologue. <laughs> um, I don't even actually know if he filmed it with Nicolas Cage there because that could have just been sure. cuts. Sure. Um, Absolutely. And that's weird to me. Like, I, he, but, but the fact that he's having, he answers questions that Nicolas Cage didn't ask. And I love that because it just, it makes it so dreamy and druggy and so... Like, this dude is on a level that nobody else is. <clears throat> he's that high. He's so high, he doesn't need you to answer him. He, he, he hears you, right? I don't know. It's but, just so trippy and weird to me, and I love it. So for me, it would have been even better if he had just gotten Brian Cranston to play the chemist. So it's the suggestion that, that, been, that, that it's Walter White. Good, right? um, it just... I don't know. I, it, it just, it, it's a weird character. He's a throwaway character. He doesn't have anything else to do in the movie before or after. It's just, it's just weird. But then you get to the, you know, the, the actual revenge, like the real revenge part. Mm -hmm. Like not just Red was kidnapped and had to break out. Mm -hmm. Like now he's going after the cultists. And there's such a letdown because so many of the fights are like off screen and suggested, um, and I don't like that. Like I wanted, I wanted to see. I want to see that woman get decapitated. You see the result, but when she's like hitting on red, which is the Ew, I know, the right? worst. Okay, Jeremiah says that. Okay, <laughs> if you ever have to say that I'm a really empathetic lover, yes. When you have just assisted in the murder, yeah of a man's wife, obviously empathy is not your game. That lady is <laughs> such a good actress. Though. Like I said, anybody who interacts as a cult member in that film nailed it. Yeah. 
even the creepy kind of chubby curly haired dude who's he got just sold. He clueless. Got sold. He did, but he just plays such a, like they preyed upon him because he was just dumb as a stump and just there, you know, with his cute yeah. little curls. And then the other creepy guy who looks like he should be playing a banjo in Alabama somewhere, <laughs> you know, on the river waiting for Burt Reynolds to float by. <laughs> he, with the window scene and just the patience of, mm-hmm. of Brother Swan, not not throttling him. It just it's so subtle and it's so good and, and and like I you know like I said I will accept anything that you give me in a film, but just those little moments those are what I live for like that absolute, <laughs> absolutely no reason this has to happen, but it does and it's so good. I just I just I wanted to see every single one of those cold members I, get what they deserve. I do know. And I don't know if this maybe had something to do with what you're talking about, but the scene with the chainsaw dude, mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know why, for some reason they had to film that scene in one night. And apparently that was nearly impossible to do. They but got they it all. only had one night. I don't know. Maybe it was a timing issue. Maybe it was, maybe it was a cost thing. Maybe they just Could didn't have, have um, and I don't feel like he cut any corners by not showing any of it. Um, and again, that's that's how you and I watch movies differently. Like I know I love the blood, the guts, and the gore, and like it would have been I, I you, anybody. Mm-hmm. I would watch anybody get their head cut off. That would be great. Right. But if I don't get to see it and I get to see the aftermath, I'm okay with that too. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's just so weird. But yeah, her her trying to to seduce Red, and and it's probably the this the the unbelievability of the fact that she's telling him how how sensitive and how in tune with her lover's emotions she is and it's like you just kidnapped murdered this dude's wife and you're you're trying to have sex you're with trying him. to get with him ew but ew. it fits with the premise that i have and it's the reason why i think jeremiah all of his women are extensions of himself and he's trying to f himself because he does the same thing yes he does when he thinks he's about to die, he's in like, dude, whiny, I'll suck your dick. In that whiny, just, ah, I fucking hate him at that moment in that, in that scene where he tells Nicolas Cage that, but you're supposed to. I mean, you're not ever supposed to no. like this character, but he does such a good job where he's like, man, I'll fuck your dick. I mean, I just, I want to, <laughs> I want to take a battle axe and just take his head off at and that point. And he's having such a such a hard time with himself too because he goes in and out of this is my right mm-hmm. you're just in my way to this but was I'm god's plan he brought you to me to please man i'll just suck your and then going right back to no never mind this is uh-huh. you know i'm not you can't you couldn't hurt me if you wanted to like it's 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 well written and well acted and i'm gonna give it to him that is how a cult works mm-hmm. it just is it's mind fucky it it's, is. It's, that's what it's all about. 100%. What can I get you to believe so that you will do things for me? And keeping your um, cultists drugged up constantly is something that mm-hmm. um, uh, Charles placate, Manson used to placate, do. Yeah, exactly. Placate them. Um, yeah. Keep them, keep them um, medicated, basically, right. for lack of a better word. The um, constant negging, which he does to all of the women, um, but the praising to the men, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. 
He's a coward. He doesn't want the men to ever get mad at him. So he doesn't say anything mean to them, but when it comes to the women, keep them pliant. Keep sure. them wanting his approval so he can never actually give it. Um, that's all of that stuff is, it's is what- It's textbook like yeah. cult leader. Like exactly. you said. And, and I'm sure that there are lines drawn on purpose to Manson. There, there have to be. Oh yeah. Um, uh, he's 100% uh, to, to me, it's, it's a very, you're right. I mean, it's, it, it's Manson. Yeah. Um, but what doesn't make sense to me is why? Because just like Mandy, if I ever heard that music, I don't care how drugged up I am, that's a terrible fucking song. I'd be like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, it's, wow. It's okay. So I, I, I'm guilty of this. You know, you make art and stuff like that. And some of the stuff I make, I, I know it, it's, it's all okay some of it's just really bad and you invite someone over and you're like what do you think and the person's kind of like oh um it's nice you worked really hard on that (laughs) good job buddy which is that's that's how jeremiah sands should have been taken every time he tried to to take that children of the new dawn uh album out and like oh yeah you i you you put a lot into that. You didn't made you? an album. Yeah, you did. Buddy. <laughs> you sang a song. You, you certainly sang a did. Song. So it's an aside, but apparently, um, I don't know if you ever watched this, and I'm sorry, I, I, it's 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 relevant. Uh, Diners, drive-ins, and dives. You ever mm. watch that? Um, occasionally, it's not with any regularity, but yeah. You can tell when Guy Fieri doesn't like <gasps> something when he names the ingredients in the dish. He goes, "Oh yeah, you've got cayenne. Oh yeah." You've got pork. But because he has nothing else to say, he's like, I have to talk here. Yes. Because we're recording. So apparently, uh, and that's and that's how that's awesome. I imagine people would have been with Jeremiah. Oh, yeah. That's, there's some notes there. There's some there's notes. There's some music. You've got a harpsichord. Neat. Hey, there's a guitar. <laughs> so, yeah, no, this guy's just, just, just awful. And Red drives away with the hallucination of his wife into this... Which is Hellscape. also, which is also heartbreaking because it's almost comical the look that he gives, but it's also painful and it's also heartbreaking yeah. and it's also sad. So that scene, you go through about twenty-five different emotions in what, maybe 15, 20 seconds. Everybody chuckled when he does the smile. It, Everybody in the theater but I think, chuckled. I think at a certain point, though, even if you did, you stop yourself because you realize. You're just, you're just like, oh Jesus, because it keep it goes on long enough yeah. to make you think. Yes, this looks a little wacky and it looks a little crazy and it is a little funny, but Jesus Christ, everything this man just went through, I mean, it's just, oh, <laughs> it's just so good. And I have to at this point because it it never seems to come up and it always kind of hurts my heart a little bit. It's there and people do talk about it, but I don't feel like they talk about it enough. This film in the middle of it is interspersed with some amazing animation scenes. Mm -hmm. And they're very important to me because I, it it does throw back, you said something about heavy metal 20, Uh, 2001 or whatever. So there's definitely heavy metal um, and metalocalypse, Mm -hmm. both of those. The animation style is actually very metalocalypse, which is so referencing. Heavy I metal. don't, I don't know that, but I do know the original heavy metal, mm-hmm. uh, the one from the '80s, is yep. amazing. It's one of my favorites. Um, 
my my DVD player is not working for some reason, and I wanted to watch it when I was sick, and I couldn't because my DVD player was being stupid. Oh. And I was like, son of a bitch. Um, but anyhow, when those scenes pop up, you know, it, it, it's just this beautiful, and we didn't talk about this. This film is meant to take place in 1983. It's kind of benign as far as that goes. Like, you don't, there aren't really many markers. You hear something about Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Hear. At the beginning of the film, you do hear a little bit of a, a radio um, speech that, that Reagan's doing, I think, or something like that. But there's really not a whole, a whole no. lot of stuff that, that leads you to be like, yep, this is a, an 80s film. Other than the fact they don't have the cell phones, which is why they have to use the ocarina of time. <laughs> Some of the guys. Right. I mean, you know, like you do. <laughs> um, so, anyhow, that to me, when these scenes pop up, it's after after Red has lost Mandy, I think, is when these scenes happen. Mm -hmm. um, the They're very colorful. They're very saturated. They're they're beautiful. They're beautifully done. They're They're not quite... They're not quite like a, a Japanese style, but it's just kind of skirting the line, I think. Yeah, it's not anime, style. but it's... It's it's very similar, but not quite. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they were meant to be like these... Well, I... I so the, the director said that he remembered how animation made him feel when he was young. It was always a very joyful thing. Saturday morning cartoons, mm -hmm. all of the films that he liked to watch that were animated... He inserted these animated scenes into Mandy because he wanted to kind of elicit that joy because Red was remembering Mandy. Yep. And, and it was a joyful thing. It's still heartbreaking and it's still really sad, but that was kind of where he went with it. And like I said, animation's always been really important to me. And mm -hmm. um, the fact that this film, you're sitting watching this gorgeous film for the first time and the scene pops up this kind yep. of remembrance and it's it's animated and it's animated beautifully and I wish that more people talked about it or more people focused on it because some people I've read things and, and heard podcasts about this film where the animation never even comes up and I'm like oh come it's, on you have to at least bring it up yeah no it, it's it's an important scene I mean yes it's it's when he's drugged out like I mean yeah it's, so yeah it's, there's it, that too. makes sense um but no I mean I, I think it was uh important I I also think it was um it was because uh, Quentin Tarantino did that in Kill Bill too, uh, where all of a sudden he went to a whole animated sequence. Yeah. For I mean, now I wouldn't say no apparent reason. There was a reason for it. Um, so I I appreciated it. I I like that scene. Yeah. I mean, I I like animation anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I was I was all for it. But I almost feel like if there was a little bit more, maybe I, I maybe it would have been talked about. Because again, it's it's like a lot of the stuff in that movie. It seems too random, maybe? Yeah. No. It's just, if everything's random, then nothing is, which means nothing kind of stands out, um, which is weird. But, I mean, there's so much, I'm, I'm just going to say, there's so much random shit in this movie that it's impossible in one sitting to catch it all. Mm -hmm. And Because, I, I'll, I'll be honest, the first time I saw that movie, I didn't see the Cheddar Goblin scene. And that's something I have to talk about. Yes! Why hasn't it come up until now? Exactly! Because there's so much <laughs> yeah. random stuff to talk about. I didn't see the Cheddar Goblin scene. Did you get up to go to the bathroom or something? Uh, yeah, I must have. Okay. So, um... I, <laughs> that's a very was, personal question, but yes. I was like, how did you miss that? I, I must have. Okay. I, I must have stepped out. Um, so I didn't see the Cheddar Goblin scene then. I saw it for the first real time, because I, of course I went on YouTube and I saw the whole commercial, mm -hmm. which, it's a whole commercial and it's, it's funny. 
The Cheddar Goblin is the fav one of the most favorite things I've ever painted. <laughs> and I gave it to you. Yes, and it's I have it somewhere. It's over here it's somewhere. But, I still have to redo my wall, so it is here. But but yeah, it's it you know, it's the picture of red, which I don't really like red in that, but I love the Cheddar Goblin in the background just throwing up <laughs> macaroni and cheese, which it's so weird, but that's just like with the animation. He just kind of just puts random shit in there. And when nothing matters, really nothing matters. So I could see why in a podcast, 59, 58 minutes into it, we didn't mention one of the funniest sequences yeah. in there that still makes no sense, but has gone off on a life of its own. It does the, have a life of dolls. <laughs> I have a box of Devane yeah. is the brand name. I mean, yeah. I don't even know what that means, but I have a box of Devane Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese. There are you know? Cheddar Goblin plushies. I have a Cheddar Goblin t-shirt. I bought that shirt even though I hated the movie. I loved that little guy. So I have the, um, the, the black and mustard yellow. Again, don't know why it's mustard yellow, but it is. Uh, shirt with the little Cheddar Goblin just throwing up on kids. <laughs> so, I mean, that scene happens directly after... Um, I guess it's the morning after. So Red has been yeah. tied up and forced to watch the love of his life, Mandy, be burned to death by these cult, you know, yep. people. He finally gets out of his his shackles, whatever, and he gets back into the house. The house is left exactly like it was yep. when when he was taken, and the TV's on. And the first thing he stops to see, I mean, he's covered in blood and he's in his tidy whities and he's just wandering around. He stops. Cheddar Goblin happens, and it is some. There's some levity there. It's funny, like <laughs> it's to break up that holy shit feeling mm -hmm. because he, the director, wants to take you someplace else now. Like you have to make that shift from this terrible thing happened to this person. Now we're gonna have this little tiny bit of what the fuck was that with the Cheddar Goblin literally barfing up macaroni and cheese on these kids and they are loving it, right? You forget for a second because you're like, what the hell? <laughs> what, why? Why? Do, what does this all mean? And then you go to that really intense scene in the bathroom Yep. where he pulls out that bottle that he has hidden because I think, you know, he knew himself well enough to know he would need that at some point in his life and right. there it was. And I have to say, I love that bathroom. I know I shouldn't be focused on that, but the decor in the bathroom, I would have that wallpaper right now, pretty much all over my house. I'd probably get divorced, but so, I would. So that scene of where he's in the, the, the tiger shirt, the tidy whities and the really hairy legs and the beard, I almost feel like we, we have to mention that you did that exact same <laughs> look. I was so <laughs> honored to do that. I cosplayed Nicolas Cage. Uh, if it's okay with you, Rob, I would be happy to share that photo uh, on I our think social you should. media, which I, for some reason, have this block against regularly <laughs> posting on our social media. I have to find a way. Maybe I, maybe I need my own calendar or something, but I, I start off strong and then I forget. And then it's like a month gone by. But this is why really expensive podcasts have like a social media right. team. And everything. Maybe We're someday, not doing that. Maybe someday we'll get there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. as Violet gets older, maybe she would like to take that over. I'm sure. Who knows? Um, anyhow, yes, I was honored to cosplay Red in the tidy whities <laughs> with the tiger shirt and the hairy legs and the beard. Weirdly enough. And the hair. 
I was also dressed as Nick Cage that day from a completely different movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just was something that I knew I had to do. And I am, I am very, very proud to state that I was mistaken for a man by many people. Oh, I stuffed. Just, just so that's I, clear. I, uh, yeah. I, I know one person actually commented, "How the hell is it okay that that person's not wearing pants?" Mm-hmm. Um, so, for man, those why, of you who that man, why was that yeah. man not wearing pants? So yes. to to say for anyone who has read this and wasn't there that day, um, you had leggings mm-hmm. on that were of a hairy man's yes. legs. I <laughs> went to Amazon and I did a search for hairy leggings, Rob. And lo and behold, there there came up a pair of leggings they were so gross. that were printed to look like a hairy man leg. And I was like, I will have those. And Put those in my cart. Over it. Mm-hmm. it. It was so funny and it was so believable. People really thought you were a person walking around in underwear. And people who knew me did not know me. Like, I legit took time to glue hair to my face. It wasn't a drawn-on No, beard. no. It was hair. I had a kit, and I... You I, had the wig? I, I had a wig, and I... It was so fun to do that. And, I mean, I'm not a little girl at all, but, yeah, I pranced around in my tidy whities for an entire evening and did not care. There were zero fucks given that evening. <laughs> I was just it like... Was so great. I was like, here you go. <laughs> And I loved that you were given, like, because they had, like, a like a gift that they were going to give away. Faye's like, no, you're getting this little thing. <laughs> she just gave it. She's like, this is the best costume ever. Uh, and I have to mention at this point, my friend Johanna did was play Mandy. Mandy, which was amazing. And we came up with this independently of each other. Um, and then I think we did talk about it. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, my God, well, what are you going to wear? And we talked about it then. But she's like, I really want to do Mandy. I'm like, what? Because I didn't want to tell her what I was doing. Then I did once she mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and it was just weird. It, uh, when she dressed as Mandy, she wasn't like in a, a big burning sack. She was She was she not was... in a big burning sack. Would have been funny. <laughs> would have been horribly wrong, but would have if been funny. If you were just dragging it by Yes. <laughs> I could have just dragged her by her feet in a big burning sack. But yeah, that was super fun. I love doing that kind of thing. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a fun thing. So... Um, the big reveal of do I like this movie or not? Um, I actually enjoyed it the last time okay. we watched it. I, I I will not say I had fun because again the Mandy death scene, it's impossible for me to watch. I was so upset, and I wanted to just get up and leave, like is, just for that it scene. It is upsetting. It is upsetting, and I totally get that. Um, I will never try to change your mind on any film mm-hmm. ever, but. I am very, very glad that you are at least to the point now where you're like, you know what? Aside from that one scene, you know. Right. I, I'm glad that you gave it a chance because, and again, there are some movies, I've done it. I watch it one time and I'm like, this is not for me. Right. I know people love this. There are actually a lot of movies like that where I'm like, people love this film. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. There's one coming up with Psycho Cinema. Which it, film? Um, Dazed and Confused. It's the Hot Blossom film. I've never watched it. I hate it. I had a moment in my life where I lived with a bunch of stoners, and I myself was a stoner, Mm -hmm. 
and that's the only film they wanted to watch. I was, at the time, I was very into, like, Reservoir Dogs and basically just a huge Quentin Tarantino fan. Mm -hmm. I had this whole just group of movies that I love, but nobody else would watch, <laughs> which I understand. But because I was in the minority, I had to be subjected to Dazed and Confused about 800 times too many. And to this day, I hate it. Yeah, I, um, I've, I've never seen it. I've seen bits and clips of like Matthew McConaughey in it. The, the one line that he says, which is mm. the grossest thing ever. Yeah. thing I love about high school girls is I keep getting older yeah. and they say the same age. Yes, it's super gross. Oh. Um, I mean, and aside from that, his character's great, but he's in the film for like four seconds, you know, maybe a little bit more. I'm being weird, but it's just, it's not that good of a film. And, you know, when I was getting high, I wanted to watch Pink Floyd's Wall. And I had these other, you know, these, just these really great films. Okay. And I could not understand why. Just because it's dazed and confused and it's about a bunch of stoners, we can branch out a bit, people. We right. can do that. But anyhow, I get that there are films that, and this might have been one for you. Maybe you watched Manny and you were like, I'm never going to like this. I have a feeling that's probably how you feel about Midsummer, maybe, and I'm okay with so, that. All right. So it's an aside. My biggest problem with Midsummer is they make you root for a guy who was just raped to die. And that bugs the shit out of me. He was raped. Mm -hmm. He was fucking raped. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to still hate him and be glad that he dies from that. And I'm sorry, that bugs the shit out of me every time I, I watch that I, movie. I feel very differently about Christian in that film than most people do. I don't think he's the bad guy. I think that their relationship is toxic, but I don't think that he's any more at fault than her. No, this he's is, a jerk you know, to his friends. He is. When he steals the idea for the for the that essay me, or whatever. Though, I don't even fault him for that. That just makes me understand even more that he is just this pathetic dude that has an, an original thought in his head. It just makes him look weak to me. Right. But I still don't hate him for it. I don't. I just feel like I know he's definitely not a good person, but I don't think he's smart enough to be malicious. No. I think he just doesn't have any other options in his head available to him. I think he's just too involved in his own world right. where he's just like, oh, this will be easy. Yeah. And I don't, I, I just, the, the way people talk about, you know, he's so, you know, he's so abusive to Danny and he's so this and he's so that. I don't you, see it. She, she, she knows, she even says at one point in the beginning of the film, she knows she's not getting what she needs out of this relationship, but she's hanging on for dear life. Right. It, it, I think it's a fault on both of their parts. And there, there's a, there's a little bit of it as he knows, and he even says that I can't just, I, I can't just abandon her. She just lost her family. Mm -hmm. So he's got enough decency to realize I'm yeah. not just going to break up with a chick who, whose sister just committed suicide and killed their parents at the exact same time. Yep. Like, no. But, God, the, the, I mean, the sex scene in, in general, it's it's awkward to watch just with, like, the old woman and stuff. But he's fucking raped. Mm -hmm. And people are just, it, I was in the theater where they, you know, when, when he dies, they're like, yeah! And I'm like, what in the, did you just fucking watch are what Are we happened? watching the same movie? Right. <laughs> he, I mean, I get it. I, I could understand. If, if that scene wasn't in it, I might be like, okay, cool. He's been a, a dick mm -hmm. to Danny the entire movie. He's been a dick to his friends. He's a dick, and he dies. 
But and I still don't feel like he deserved that fate. Like, well, I don't think any of them deserved on it. None of them deserved it. Right. Um, That's another cult film. It's relevant. Um, (laughs) Got all the cult films. But yeah, to to go on an aside, like does that? That's and I was during the Mandy showing. I was talking with Johanna Mm -hmm. about Midsummer and why I I will never like that Mm -hmm. film. I'm not comfortable with the rape scene because it's not. I feel not treated right in the film at all. I, it's it's meant to be a little funny, like with the with the old lady like grabbing his butt and pushing. But he was he was fucking drugged and forced to do this, and he's effectively being bred like a stallion right before he's going to slaughter. They know they're going to kill him. Yep. But they just want him to perform. Perform. Um, and I realize that there's a lead up to all of that with the strawberry lemonade and the hair pie. I get all that. <laughs> Pube. <laughs> or I, I get that there's there's the buildup that that's gonna happen, but they also set it up so that Danny sees it and thinks that he's cheating on her, and not understanding he's drugged. He's, he's not. He's drugged. Right. He's being forced to do this. He even tries to like stop, and then is forced to keep going. And see, by her being able to make that final choice, that makes her the bad guy then well yeah she's fully you know. in the, well we already said she's fully yeah. in the cult yeah. um so yeah i don't know cult, I think it's... <laughs> cult stuff cult things um but yeah that's uh so yeah with mandy like if 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 all of a sudden they were like hey there's gonna be another showing i'd probably go see it again good i would i'd be fine with that good um i would not take Violet to see that. That's a movie Violet's not going to see for a That's above, very long right. time. Right. That, that is not a movie that a young person should see. There's a lot of... Um, well, first of all, that death scene is devastating, and that could be... Yeah. You know, that, that's hard. So that's not that's not a good kid movie. No. Um, there's there's certain movies, as many, as many horror films as she's seen. And she saw Hatchet. <laughs> she... Did she like it? She did. Oh, she thought good. it was really funny that I was throwing I thought, up. The little girl reminded me of her. A little bit. A little bit. And I'm I... going to say this. Much better actress. And that's not because Violet's not a good actress. This 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 girl has obviously had some acting I know, right? Skill. She has like some she, chops. Yeah. She really it's did. crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, just just with Mandy, it it's a good film. If people haven't seen it, I think you should see it. But don't go into it. Like, don't... Don't do what I did and just be like, what's the reason for this happening? And not, I don't mean deep meaning. This is not, I'm not talking intellectual. I'm talking just, okay, why, just like in in Fire Walk With Me, a David Lynch film, why is the horse in the living room? Why is there a horse? Like, just don't. Do what you did. Just be okay with it and be like, all right. At least for the first time. If you want to go back later and watch it and break it down, do that. Absolutely. But I just found it to be, I was like a little child the first time I saw this. I was sitting on my hands, pushed up, like scooched out to the edge of the seat, just wide-eyed and enjoying every second of it and just taking it all in. I was so blown away because I don't always connect with new horror or genre films. I just don't. Um, It's rare. Mm -hmm. Because I, like, I'd say 80% of the stuff that, you know, like the Friday night showings for, for Psycho Cinema, 
I, I've made an effort to go to some of those. Yeah. And of, of them, 80% of the time, I'm disappointed. Um, I'm the opposite. I love the, like, the, I have seen the night stuff that's shown on Fridays. I, I love it all. I mean, most of the times. IFC is a little different. I'm talking about like the, and I saw one. It, it looked promising enough in the, in the trailer that I was like, I'll come out on a Friday for that. That, that looks okay. I don't remember what it was called, but it was, um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was mm-hmm. in it and an older, like about oh, his oh, age the woman. Possession? Something like that. It was a little girl or yeah. young girl, not little, a young girl. And it, it, it felt very like revival. And I really, really like religion and horror. It's freaky and I love it. I, I'm not a religious person, but I like that connection because it's always, it can be really, really jacked up. But I thought maybe this movie would be and I went out for it and it just was so disappointing because it, it just relied on all of these, I'll call them like new tropes. Which aren't necessarily bad, but it's so overdone mm-hmm. and just so. I mean, there was a, a little aside where where they talked about this, and I don't remember what it's called, but putting a um, a spirit or something in a doll and burying it. There's a there's a name for that doll, and I was really excited to learn about that. I was like, oh, that's really cool, because it turns out it's like a historical thing. Sure. Um, which could have been leaned into a little more because that was something new and exciting, but then they just started getting into all the same old shit, and I was just like, God, okay, right? I don't know. I just find it really disappointing. But, and I've not seen The Black Rainbow. Is that what it's called? Uh, Hannah's Cosmatos' first movie? I've, I did not know. Yeah. I didn't know that Mandy wasn't his first film. Mm-mm. Mandy is the second. There's oh. one called The, it's, it, The Black Rainbow does not, I want to say The Serpent in the Rainbow, but that is a totally different thing. <laughs> I want to say the something about a black rainbow, um, but I, I'd like to see it because apparently it's very moody as well. And we didn't talk about the score. That's pretty well known that the, the composer, um, he, he perished, he died. Um, I think he overdosed or something, something like that right before either maybe before the film is finished, but the score to this film is just as important as the, the color scheme, I think. Um, I, I know I'm going to sound weird. Oh, no. I don't... It's not that I, I dislike the score. I don't notice anything, like, amazing about it. And I've been told, like, oh, my God, this is, like, the most amazing, like, I, hardcore opera. And I'm like, it I, sounds like a normal horror score to me. It's very... It's very metal. It's very... But it's like that operatic metal, right? Um, kind of like King's X, or maybe that's not the name of the band. I always mess See, that I'm up. I'm not a metal fan, so I don't even know. Okay. Like, maybe that's what it is. It's not that I, do, I dislike it. I thought the score was And that, that could be it. I, I have, and my, my husband, who is not a horror fan, just yesterday turned his phone towards me and he said, it's still not available. And he was talking about the score for this film because I have wanted this on vinyl since forever probably since 2018 and it sells out immediately and you cannot buy it for less than $125 for one vinyl album. And I think that's used. You can't find it new. It's just absurd, but it's, it's such a, so the book that Mandy's reading at the store, Mm -hmm. it's called, or I had to write it down, Seeker of the Serpent's Kiss. That book is a prop. That wasn't a real book, Mm -hmm. but that is the real name of the song that's playing in the background of that scene. Hmm. So that was like a little tip of the hat to 
Johan Johansson's <laughs> score. Um, apparently he was a troubled young man. What a name. But I know, right? It's very repetitive. Johan Johansson. Um, but apparently he was he was just a kindred spirit with Panos Cosmatos because Panos's vision was just as fucked up as Johan's, you know, musical talent. They, they, mm -hmm. they really meshed on that. So that's very sad, but I wanted to bring that up too because we didn't touch on it and I thought that was important. No, it is know. important. Um, I, there's there's a there's a lot to unpack with Mandy. I mean, really, it's so good. And I agree with you. If you haven't seen it, see it. And even if you listen to this podcast podcast first, and we have spoiled everything for you, it doesn't matter. You have to see it with your own eyes because you, it's it's a very it's a visual feast. Um, yeah, you will understand better when you see it. Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? and besides everything we talked about, even though it's been a, an hour and nineteen minutes so far. There, there's so much to unpack in that movie, and there, we could do another hour and nineteen. You we really could. could. You really could. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's about it. I think that's about it too. Is there anything else that we should um, talk about? It is finally hotter than Hades <laughs> here in the state of Virginia. There are some fun, you know, there are some fun things coming up this summer as far as horror and the horror community goes. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe we talked about Joe Bob last time, but um, the Jamboree is going to be in Memphis this year, which I'm not going to make an effort to go to because it is going to be a much more um, all-encompassing, more expensive event. So, great. Yeah, I didn't even look at the cost. Oh my goodness, Rob, don't. Just don't. It's absurd. Um, I think the tickets last year for VIP, and I only did one VIP day, I think it was 150 which I was like, okay, I, it's I worth it. I do remember that, yeah. Well, this year they're 300 Now that's on top of, they're doing it a little differently. Apparently they're doing an event at a drive-in, whereas last year all three days were at a drive-in. There was no other venue. This year there's stuff at a drive-in, but they also have a convention center where they're going to do a regular, like, legit convention-style thing. Which I'd be cool with. That makes a little it, bit more sense. It, well, in, I think it's in July or something. something I can't like even imagine... I mean, it was hot last year. It's just going to be miserable. And so I think it's kind of nice to have this air-conditioned, you know, thing. But the apparently, I've been following all the chatter about it. Lots of complaints. Um, the hotels in the area were steady doubling the rates as this as the yep. as the interest was going on and i that makes me sad but it also makes me happy that people are interested enough to and i mean i have a friend that i met last year at the jamboree who lives in um in detroit mm -hmm. she and her wife are going to make the effort and go they've already bought the tickets and everything and i think that's great i can't afford to to, to travel that far but i know a lot of people are and i've had people you know contact me hey are you going and I think it's going to be a really super fun event. And apparently their guest list is wackadoodle. Hmm. And I don't think this is a spoiler because I think they've made it known, but they're focusing heavily on Halloween 3, which makes my heart so happy. That's going to be what they show. Mm -hmm. And Tom Atkins is going to be there, Stacey Nelkin. So that's going to be amazing. And I would love to be there for that, but I just can't. But there it, are some other things. The Mahoning, I'm, I'm, I want to make a trip. I'm struggling this time of year because of... Um, I just adopted a dog. We don't have to talk about that, but um, she's special. She's she, she has a lot of needs, and I, I don't want to go too far. She has a lot of special care issues that mm -hmm. are going to make it a little harder for me to travel. Um, 
So I don't know. Everything's kind of up in the air, but I'll, there's uh, always Psycho Cinema. There is. We got that. Yes, you know? we got that. Um, there's, and it's not really horror, although there is some horror involved. Uh, Otakon, which is yeah. a uh, anime convention that's happening in, uh, gosh, July. So You're I'll going this that. year? I'll be going to okay. uh, two of the three days. You're not wigging it this year. Uh, I don't need to. Okay. Uh, I, I I do have a costume. I have it all. I need to lose a little bit of weight because the jacket's a little tight. Um, <laughs> but uh, I no, I'm, I'm all good there. Um, and then we've got um, God. What else? Oh, I'll be going to Vegas. That's gonna be cool. Yeah, that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. um, but not for uh, that. That's for work. So that's yeah, not, but still. That's not, um, but yeah, as far as like horror conventions and stuff I'm not I'm not genuinely sure what's mm -hmm. going on in the summer there's got to be something going on I prefer um so whatever I did last year it was a, a couple of weeks and maybe this is something oh you and Christina and Violet went wasn't that right after which one like, uh I forget what it was called but it was right after I got back from Joe Bob so July maybe August ish mm -hmm. at that uh oh oh the, the um, monster convention. mania yeah yeah monster mania I mean, I would maybe, I did that in a day. I might do that again. Yeah. It was a little crowded, but it was, it, I was cool for a day. When we say a day, four hours, maybe, I guess you were pretty much done. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's what I'm saying. And, and I feel like it was an easy-ish drive. And I think it's in the yeah. same place every year. Mm -hmm. I didn't go the extra mile and pay money to, to visit with any of the guests or anything. And I probably won't again. Um, but I might do that just because it was there. I, uh, I I regret that, and it's not that I regret getting a picture with Joe Bob and Darcy. We spent so much time in line, mm -hmm. and Violet was so freaking patient. And see, that's what I'm saying. That that's like, tough for me. Like I did get a picture with uh, Coral, yes. but he was just standing there, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I'm pointing at him like an idiot. It was Chandler Riggs's name. I don't want to call him Coral, but um. I, I could have met Tom Atkins. Uh, uh, not Zach Galifianakis, <laughs> Zach Galligan. Yeah, from... I, I do that too. I'm like, wait, that's the um, Ferns guy. Could have met Coral. There were so many other people that had no line, but Joe, Bob, and Darcy. Mm -hmm. They had the line out the window. Mm -hmm. um, they they were the big draw there. I mean, mm -hmm. which is amazing to me. I think that's really great. But I got a picture with Tom Atkins and Stacey Nelkin. I bought you bought a mm -hmm. ticket and you signed up for a time, right? I, I went maybe 10, 15 minutes before my time, literally waited maybe two minutes. Right. Got and my picture and was done. That's that's the smarter way to go about yeah. it. It really is. Because um, you don't really get a chance to talk with Joe Bob mm -mm. and Darcy at all. You don't. You just get a smile. Yeah. I mean, you maybe get to say thank you or love what you guys are doing or whatever. Right. And they're just gone. Right. And that, and that's that's about it. I, um, oh God, that, that day was not... <laughs> It's not that it was bad. It's just... At least you guys got a decent meal. I think I didn't even get to eat until on the way home or we something. We saw you eating peanuts in the parking lot. Peanuts, that's right. <laughs> and you bless your heart. You and Christina offered to get me food, but I was... At that point, I was just like, now nah, I'm just going to get in there and get her done. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, delicious. it was... Uh, it, 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 it was a fun day, but conventions like that, um, I just... They need to be bigger. Yeah. Like, you need well, to Well, Oticon's at... At the Baltimore it's Convention a, Center, the, right? The Washington Convention, the one in oh, the Washington. DC. Okay, but it's still it's huge. Yeah, that's massive. It's absolutely huge, um, and that's going to be that's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to that. There's I mean there's plenty of horror movies coming out, so that's we'll true. have lots 
lots to watch and yeah. reflect on. I mean, we can even do a show one time about a newer movie, like a real new one. Like maybe just pick a random new film and just go for sure. it. Sure. Because yeah. that would be something really different. Cool. Well, for me, anyhow. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think we're I think we're all okay, good. Good, I'm glad we finally got this in. There's a bit of a delay, so apologies for that. Some of that was my part because I had an illness. You and can't help being there sick. Was, I know, but I just felt I, I I sound probably a little weird now. But I I sounded like that for like weeks, and I'm like, this is absurd. So it's, yeah. uh, plus there's a lot happens. more coughing. There was a lot. <laughs> all right. Uh, well. Uh, Thanks. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, yeah. and this was fun. We yeah. will be back uh, in a month, I guess. Yeah. Yay. Cool. Well, that's it for the Mandy episode. Join Lori and I next month when we talk about all things summer horror. So until then, it's time to say good die for now. Follow us at all the ats. Facebook at the Fright Stuff Pod. Instagram at the Fright Stuff Podcast or Twitter at the Fright Stuff. We even have an email address, the Fright Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. Sharing is scaring. Tell us what you're watching, what you want to hear, your scary stories, whatever curls your toes. Who knows? Maybe your comments will end up on a future show. Until next time, stay weird, Winchester. <laughs>